This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? This is episode 103 of Top Rope Nation. We've got WWE stomping grounds on the horizon. AEW is hot. All Out has sold out. We're going to talk about that. And my name's Ryan Drossi of comicbook.com, and I am joined here by Kyle and Justin, as always, to break down the pay-per-view this weekend, talk the latest news in pro wrestling. We've got some listener emails we're going to get to later as well. And, of course, as always, Kyle's match of the week at the end of this broadcast but first off kyle let me just talk about what's going on this week with you uh how was your father's day and uh how's thursday night going across the country over there in ohio you know the phrase thoughts and prayers is rather overused and quite frankly emotionally vacant but i could use some over here in cleveland because my wife on saturday leaving the country not leaving me. She will come back, uh, I, I believe, at you least. Hope. But, yes, but uh, going to Germany for work, uh, and that means I got a baby for 10 days. Uh, like any responsible father uh, would, <laughs> I am shipping her off to gra- uh, the baby off to grandma and grandpa's for 70, <laughs> 75 to 90 hours over a course of the weekend. As it is, uh, big fan of the show, Brian's 40th birthday next weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Happy early birthday, Brian. But Father's Day, was Father's Day good, Kyle? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good, good. Justin, how was your Father's Day? How's it going tonight? Uh, Outside of Friday, it was the weekend from hell. (laughs) We had a family reunion, and I want to say about 30 of us, and we we rented this giant place in in the country in southern Iowa, and it was freaking beautiful. But I walk in, I have an... Uh, one and a half year old and it is all the all the floors are concrete all the edges are sharp so i was like this is going to be a long weekend of chasing this little dude around where if he starts running two things are happening he's going to reach what he's running to in time or he's falling on his face but by the all concrete floors who's running this airbnb bill watts or what so Saturday, I'm stuck watching because my wife gets gets a stomach flu, and um, you know everybody's kind of busy, you know, connecting with family. So 
kind of left my own devices following my my kid around so it was just a really shitty day and also this place is an echo chamber because of the concrete floors and and everything else so when he goes down for a nap he's waking up right away um so i wake up sunday father's day and i start vomiting Mm -hmm. and we have to be out by 10. oh my god he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's coming in here He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! Oh, man. <laughs> and so we, you know, end up going home. It's it's a three-hour drive home. It, it the, the vomiting turns south, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. at a certain point. And, uh, yeah, it, in 48 hours, I had uh, uh, chicken noodle soup and a piece of toast and uh, just got healthy yesterday and today i developed a cold so i'm low energy and unhappy and to bring this full circle with a joke kyle made last week amazingly you weren't even watching wwe super showdown as this was going on (laughs) (laughs) well you look good justin by the way what an attractive man he does look good as always (laughs) We are live streaming tonight, as we do each and every week uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Nation For a dollar a month, get our live stream as we record each and every week. And until June 30th, $5 a month, you join the $5 tier. You get a free t-shirt sent to you in the mail. In addition, at that $5 tier, you get a Top Rope Nation sticker. Uh, Kyle is wearing the new Top Rope Nation t-shirt right now. Awesome. Showing it off on the uh, webcam. It's the black and red logo version that just went out. And uh, so $5 a month gets you a shirt. It gets you the sticker. It gets you all of our exclusive broadcasts, including Top Rope Nation Classics, our most recent edition, uh, reviewing Bash at the Beach 96, 90 minutes on that, only available on Patreon. And then Top Rope Nation Extra, typically those are pay-per-view review shows that are posted only on Patreon. Also, where we will be doing a, a review show coming up this weekend of WWE Stomping Grounds. So you can only hear that on Patreon. Honestly, for five bucks, you're getting a free shirt. It's worth it to try it out for one week or one month, more than one week, one month at least. See if you like it. Got to show. I got to throw a, a shout out to our newest patron, Carlo, who joined up just yesterday. So join that $5 tier. He's going to have Thanks, a Carlo. sent out to him. Thank you very much for your support and all of our patrons for their support. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash top rope nation. And I also got to mention guys, we, uh, we have a brand new t-shirt posted on our pro wrestling tees store, pro wrestling tees.com slash top rope nation. This is by uh, our official show designer, Tim, who I've talked about before did an excellent job on this t-shirt. Um, it is a kind of just a, it says top rope nation established 2016, I love this sport. It's a great design, black and gold. Honestly, might be my favorite T-shirt we've ever had. And we've, we've got a lot of them between our Pro Wrestling Tees store and our Spreadshirt store. You can find the links at TopRopeNation.com. But this shirt is excellent. I love it. I can't wait to place my order. And I think that's the one I'm going to send out to all of our uh, new patrons that join in June Ooh. for the free T-shirt. So that's the one that's going to be getting bulk ordered at the end of the month and uh, sent out to all you guys who have joined up in the last couple of weeks and in the weeks ahead. So uh, look forward to that one. And uh, I, I just realized, guys, I didn't tell you about my Father's Day and what I was up to today because I am pretty exhausted. I was debating if I was going to talk about this on the show or not. But damn it, I'm going to brag. I cut down probably a 30 foot tree in my backyard today. It's a my big God. ass. Yeah. 
that's right man i uh me and my dad took about four hours we took down this dead tree in my backyard call me paul bunyan himself it was uh was quite the job we got it done i had had a tree it was dead uh we've just moved in this house we built this house just under a year ago the builder is supposed to cover everything that goes wrong in the house or outside the house this tree died within the first month we lived here of course they're not covering it they said that they would take it out just for the price of labor 150 bucks no way am i paying 150 bucks so me and my dad we took the chainsaw out there we took it down ourselves where's clarence mason when you need him my god (laughs) no kidding isn't that ridiculous you move into a brand new house that's supposed to have a year of warranty they clearly killed the tree when the sod was put in i mean this this tree lost all of its leaves at the beginning of august trees don't lose their leaves at the beginning of august and uh i sent them pictures i had proof from last year and everything nope it couldn't cover that under the warranty so we took matters into our own hands but i i'm gonna power through guys i'm tired we got to talk about wwe stomping grounds and we got to talk about uh wwe television this week because uh justin who has notably been on a WWE television strike other than the pay-per-views in recent weeks, was pulled into Monday Night Raw on Monday. And uh, Justin, how did that happen? And your thoughts on the show? Take it away. Well, you know, as I said before, I was sick. Um, And Monday night, I was, you know, just like, I'm going to go to bed early, maybe do a little reading because I had been on strike from Raw. So normally my routine is, we, you know, we put the boy down around 738 and so I just came out here and I wait for the wife to get done putting him down and uh, decided to fire up the DVR because I don't want to start something that I'm not going to finish. And, you know, being that I don't even watch Raw, I'm really no concerns of uh, not finishing it. Um, but I started and, you know, one of my, I guess, big problems with Raw for a long time has been they open with a big long promo or, you know, a couple promos that leads into a match that's really non consequential whereas this one you know opened with elias and seth rollins throwing out that mandate about anybody who wants to be up for this refereeing gig he's gonna batter with the steer chair i i dug that that led into a five-man match with you know outside of really lashley five guys i'm interested in um for the a u.s title shot you know especially including ricochet and cesaro and um yeah, you know, I was an hour behind on the DVR, so I did do some fast forwarding, but it, it kind of hooked me from the start. I thought it was good. Yeah. Did, did Kyle want to say something there? He had his finger up. I did not, but oh, actually, okay. I don't know. I must have randomly just done that. It must be my you know, <laughs> nervous tick. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what did you think of Monday Night Raw this week? Um, I thought TV overall was better this week. Um, I've got a lot of individual comments. Uh, in my notes for the matches, we're going to break down here for stomping ground, but um, the wild card rule, obviously a farce. I think it was Sean Ross sap, no relation. Uh, it tweeted. I think there's like nine raw guys that appeared on SmackDown this week, which is silly, but you know, they did a good job, or at least I guess the best they could of building these matches they've got on Sunday. You know, it was pretty focused. There was not a lot um, of filler. You know, uh, other than that bizarre Anderson Gallows storyline, a Vi- a Viking Raiders squash, and uh, 
you know, Andrade, Cian Alma, or just pardon me, Andrade, uh, beating down Apollo Crews. I don't think there was anything on WWE that didn't, that, that wasn't building towards Sunday. So in that regard, you know, having this wild card rule, I guess, kind of worked, although it exposes the brand split. And, you know, and I'll say for the uh, Gallows and Anderson thing, I, I was interested in it because they're actually doing something with them. But then also just now I realized, well, they're just doing that to build up to the the match in Japan, I'm assuming. Um, but also I, my one nitpick uh, with the Seth Rollins chair thing was uh, him hitting Eric Young just seemed a very heel uh, maneuver. So I don't know if maybe that's planting seeds for something down the road, but uh I just think it was see what I liked about raw. And I think I texted you guys this when we were talking about it was the baby faces were actually portrayed as ass kickers that you would want to cheer for. I know this seems very, you know, (laughs) simple, but it's, you know, they don't do that a lot. The baby faces are kind of booked to look dumb. A lot of this promotion or, or weak. And, you know, this week, you know, I'll talk about Seth, Roman. They, they were all booked strong. You know, I think it was, you know, there were a lot of Austin comparisons I saw with Seth Rollins, the way he was booked this week on Raw, where he was just hitting anybody with a chair. It didn't matter with Eric Young. And, you know, Justin's not wrong what he just said, but I also didn't mind him hitting Eric Young. Because I, I think, you know, we've talked about this before on this program, that, Austin and the Attitude Era in general, but specifically Austin and Rock, really rewrote the rules of how a babyface gets over. Okay? And WWE post-Attitude Era, pretty much with Cena, tried kind of bottling that up and saying, well, forget all that. We're going to do it the traditional way again. And the fans have fought him on it ever since. And I don't think Eric Young, who is not featured on TV very much, is a guy who's going to draw a lot of sympathy for a chair shot. I, I don't think there are a lot of people saying, oh my God, I can't believe he hit Eric Young. He's one of my favorites. Well, and I think it was just the execution of it where they, you know, he gave a reason as to why he didn't want to do the ref. And then he hit him from and behind. He came, yeah. And, and, he he came, behind. and he came off genuine. And yeah, and it was the behind thing. And, and I kind of forgot to mention from the top, the main reason I fired up raw was because beforehand I saw if they were going to do Rollins, Brian. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, I was hoping maybe they'd do that in the first or second hour. Um, and it ended up keeping me enthralled enough that I, I stuck until the end to see that match. Now that was sweet that they advertised that ahead. I, I agree. That kind of piqued my interest too. I thought, I thought raw was good overall. I felt like, like kind of like Kyle was saying here, everything had a direction. It built to a logical point. I just felt like it was a well-paced show and everything meant something. Um, if I, if I'm getting nitpicky, I'm not quite sure in the main event why they did the run in stuff. It kind of yes. broke up the match. That was odd. Um, but uh, it was cool to see those two wrestling. Um, but overall, I thought it was good. I actually would say I probably liked Raw better than SmackDown this week, which hasn't been the case much. A lot of that has to do with the length of the shows. But uh, uh, I definitely watched SmackDown, and I watched Raw on my DVR. I didn't watch it live, but I did watch the whole show as the week went on. And, uh, yeah, pretty enjoyable watch. So I feel like WWE is going into this pay-per-view on a high note. It's a pay-per-view yeah. that doesn't have... <laughs> well, let's define high notes. Well, for them. I mean, okay. you know, because they've been so down. Uh, television has been a slog. It's been awful for weeks and weeks and weeks. But they did have two pretty good shows this week. So, uh, I mean, if you want to look at it with rose-colored sunglasses on, you could say that, hey, hey they're turning it around. Yeah, I'll we'll say see. this. I'll say this. I was prepared to absolutely annihilate this pay-per-view 
on this podcast. I'm going to be a little softer <laughs> yeah. I, in our preview. Um, you know, there's some positive things I have to mention, but there was a lot of things on Raw, I think, actually, that at least in the first half, that still kind of irked me. And I'll, I'll get to that when we preview match by match. Well, I'll, I'll call back to some of the segments. Okay. Um, yeah, but overall, I thought it definitely was television improvement this week. So um, they did a nice job there. I wouldn't call it like can't miss television or anything like that. But it, it at least seemed logically booked, uh, well-directed. So um, we've got that going for him heading into this weekend. Do we want to talk about this AEW story before we get to the preview? Melts are still big, building the beggar stadium. From what I understand. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we'll get to the stomping grounds preview here in just a second, but uh, some of you tuning in probably want to hear about AEW. I, will Dave Meltzer Stadium hold 93,172 oh, people? I cannot believe. Did you read the, the story in The Observer, Kyle? Yes, yes. Okay, I read it too. Some of the stuff, I'm not sure how it can be substantiated, but uh, overall... Super impressive sellout. In fact, as you guys yes. both know, I was I was trying to get tickets that day. And in fact, I did not get tickets like most people. Um, okay. And I had two. Let's see. So that two, means so, so that means your whole family was trying to buy tickets, right? <laughs> no, but I had three windows okay. open. Okay. I will say. Okay. And, and that's okay. something I want to point out, too, because, yes, at one point, the virtual waiting room said that there was like 72,000 people in line and you know, on all three of my windows, two on my laptop, one on my phone, um, I had different numbers. So people had multiple windows open. That's multiple numbers. So there wasn't really 72,000 people, but I'm not sure how many people actually are opening windows like that, like I was. But I will tell you, it was completely random because I had it open on my browser on my computer first, and then I turned on my phone like later, but my phone ended up getting the better number. Um I think I was like number 12,000 or something when they went on sale. Thought might have a chance, but uh, nope, they were all snatched up before before I got in. So, I mean, it was it was a really quick sellout. Now, AEW's tickets for their two other shows this summer are not selling as well. Those shows are not even sold out last I checked. But, uh, I mean, there's something about the Chicago market. They're heading back to where All In was, which kind of launched the promotion. Uh, so, this one sold out faster than any show they've done so far probably the highest demand for tickets easily double or nothing sold out right away too that was very difficult to get tickets to but this one had even more people uh now does this mean they could sell out a stadium right now do you guys have any thoughts on that anyone want to get into this they could okay what's kind of like frustrating about this whole thing is that people get into this debate and it takes away from the fact that no matter what math you want to use, it's fucking impressive. Yes. That this promotion with no television can do this. And yes, they absolutely could run bigger buildings. Whether or not they can draw a WrestleMania crowd, I don't know. Until they do it, you don't know. They probably could. If they announce something ahead of time and they have build with TV, they probably could. It, it, if they do it in the next two years, if they draw a WrestleMania, I won't be shocked at all. Mm -hmm. no I, I yeah i agree i think they could run a stadium show for sure but i think the thing i took issue with was that this is the biggest demand for any show in the history of north american wrestling i think that's a little overblown i'm not sure how you can substantiate that claim i thought some yeah. of the i thought some of the items in the observer this week 
were a bit of a reach. I think Dave was getting into some stuff that he probably doesn't know about. And I'm sure he was told by people this information and he's going with it. But like the idea that uh, there's something in there about, um, I should have had this pulled up so I could quote it verbatim, but something about like no WWE WrestleMania ever had this many people like trying to get ticket. How could you possibly know that? Like their <laughs> Ticketmaster does not have a number on there. So you can see how many people are looking at getting tickets and, he, and Ticketmaster doesn't broadcast that information to anybody. Everybody knows Ticketmaster is super secretive and most WrestleManias have gone on sale through Ticketmaster. I mean, we, we all remember the manias back when they were in arenas. It'd sell out instantly. Some of that was due to pre-sales. Uh, some of it wasn't. Uh, now, th- there's something to be said for the fact that they're running a venue that seats like 11,000 people. So everyone knows if you want to go for that holiday weekend, you got to get the tickets immediately. It's yeah. not like a stadium show where they're going to last for a little while. So that, I mean, that has something to do with it too. <laughs> Speaking of stadiums, Dave said in the observer that uh, even soldier field would not be big enough to hold this show. Oh, so, I mean, soldier field is one of the smaller NFL stadiums. Yeah. I think it seats like in the mid 60 thousands, but then you, you can get several thousand on the floor, obviously in a stadium. So there'd be more than 70,000 people there for a wrestling show. Thought that was an odd line, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I do think they are capable at for, like for a special event of of drawing a stadium crowd. But the biggest interest ever in wrestling history, I think that might be a bit of a stretch. I don't think there's any way you could possibly know if that's the case or not. But uh, as of right now, I do not have tickets. I am hoping to go at least as a member of the media. Uh, oh. Now, if I, if I do that, I will be working during it. So my really? original inclination was I was just going to go with a buddy of mine. And uh, take it in as a fan. Uh, Will he be I, part of the liberal media? <laughs> so since I didn't get tickets that way, uh, I'm I'm still trying some other avenues. But bare minimum, I'm hoping to go and uh, probably sit in media row if I have to, and I'll be covering the show that way, which would be pretty cool. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm planning on being there Sweet. though, so uh, so we shall see. But uh, it is going to be a huge weekend. A lot of people traveling in. What'll be interesting once uh, AEW starts running shows every single week is how they do on ticket sales at that point. Because, you know, obviously mm-hmm. WWE is a company that runs at least six shows a week yeah. year round. It's not, this is more of a special event feel to it still because they're running like one show a month. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. And, and that'll be the true test to see how quickly shows sell out when they're running them every single week. Any other comments on that, guys? I think you hit it pretty good. All right. So. That is AEW All Out coming over Labor Day weekend. We'll be covering it, of course, on the show. At God, that that's time. such a bad weekend for me. It's a busy weekend. It is, for yeah, sure. It's, it's such a um, football gets going. Like, God, ugh, why did they have to pick that week? I mean, I, I know why they did, because for most people, it's not a busy weekend. But ugh. <laughs> it's a good traveling weekend for people. And, and as we see, you know, people are flying in from all over the country for that show because there's not a lot of shows to go to right now. So. Uh, they're not coming to most people's neck of the woods anytime soon. So, Kyle, before we get into the stomping grounds, grounds preview, you said you wanted to do a follow up on last week and lead us into this discussion. What do you got for us? Yeah. So, OK, we were talking last week. If you missed the episodes in the archives, you could check it out. Um, we were trying to come up with some constructive ideas to, quote unquote, fix WWE or help WWE. Well, what changes could you come up with? And we were throwing some things out, spitballing. A um, couple of things I didn't even mention. I had in my notes that I, after we were done, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even talk about this stuff. They need to cut down on the house show schedule. 
I just don't think their current house show schedule makes any sense uh, for a lot of reasons. One is it leads to too many injuries, needless injuries. Uh, I think there should be more specialty Raw and SmackDowns. But another key I wanted, the talking point I wanted to bring up to you guys, and I tease this at the end of the program, and I want to follow up on it here, is is the old monthly pay-per-view format outdated? Because to me, Stomping Grounds is like a perfect example of that. Like, I feel this show is only taking place because it has to, and they have to have a pay-per-view in June. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you get that vibe a little bit? Yeah, I think the, the bigger problem with this show is that they had the one in Saudi Arabia two weeks ago. You know, Yes. So, like, to me, I just feel like, okay, we, you know, like this whole thing they do. It worked when the product was real hot. It worked. But when they're like just cycling every, it's like the way they do it now is they, they go full steam toward a show. Okay. And there's not a lot of long-term booking. We know that they do the show. And then it's like, okay, now we have a month to do the next show and a month to do the next. Like, I just feel that it's like, to me, um, I look at this card and I almost think that, they'd be better off doing like one of those nights in Japan. I know the TV's not building to a lot of it or any of it, but like if one of those nights should just be a network special instead of having this quote unquote paper, you know, old kind of tradition, what we know is a traditional pay-per-view. Cause mm-hmm. I look at that card in Japan and yeah, maybe this is just an indictment of WWE television. I look at that card. I'm like, these are kind of exciting, more exciting matchups, by the way, the most triple H move ever. <laughs> teaming up with AJ yes. and the club. I mean, <laughs> hey I guys, there's my Bullet Club t-shirt. I'm yeah. here. Hey boys, I heard you need a fourth. <laughs> I'm here for you. Come on. Yes. That is the most Triple H move ever. <laughs> my hat's off to you, Paul. You truly are. You truly know how to play the game. There, uh, there's like no angle you could take for that whatsoever that makes sense but, for him to be in that match. But you know what, though? <laughs> it kind of is more in, like, I almost feel that like, you know, if TV is that important, I almost feel like if you spread some of the matches out on Sunday that we're seeing over the course of Raw and SmackDown, I feel that would be like good TV. But, you know, with, with this stomping grounds card, I got a big question here. What is the big hook for this show? It's, uh, the special referee, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, but yeah. you, ha- you have a, you know, this show, when I saw how close it was to Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. And by the way, I want to say something, you know, about my idea with the Japan show, maybe being a network special and and going back to Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. I am not the only problem I really have with Super Showdown is where it took place. I'm not against those cards because it's different. I know, you know, Goldberg Undertaker wound up being a disaster in the end, but I'm not against that because it's just unique. Mm-hmm. And I I feel that these shows that WWE TV builds to are like the least interesting. Specials on the network, quite frankly. But getting back to Stopping Ground specifically, I don't know what the big hook is. I mean, this is a show in a traditional pay-per-view market that would just be a disaster. It's rematch heavy, the top four matches. And the problem is, none. and Meltzer made this point. He was absolutely spot on. None of the matches were really that interesting the first time around. You know, I'm talking about the two world title match, you know, uh, Seth Barron, Kofi Dolph, Roman Drew and Becky Lacey. And you know, those two world title matches, you got weak challengers to boot that no one buys as winning. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, this was kind of a lot of the stuff I was thinking I was going to really hammer home before the TV this week, which made me a little bit more interested. But, man, this this is a show that seems it only is taking place because it has to. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say that the live specials, I really liked when they did those more often when the network first launched. Like they did the NXT Japan show, which was cool. They did the Beast in the East show. Or actually, it was the same one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wrestled on the NXT. Yeah, that's right. They, they had the uh, Madison NXT Square Garden special Madison show. Madison Square Garden yeah. one. I think one of the uh, the things I, I like so much about those is, like, we've talked about the stale design with the stage and everything. They had, like, different... They had the house show stage, but on TV, which you're not used to seeing on TV. It made the shows just look different. I, different lighting there's, rigs. There's more people that are going to be at that show. It's going to... You would want that to be... That's something you would want to be shown. Not this, yeah. where they, they're trying to, like, give away tickets, for God's sake. Yeah. So, I don't know... So, is the monthly pay-per-view thing dead or not? I don't know. That's a tough question. I think personally, I would prefer to just have like four or five pay-per-views a year easily, uh, like the old days. I guess we can probably thank WCW for the monthly pay-per-views, right? That kind of goes back to uh, them and then WWF launch it in your house. uh, They went to it first. Well, they both it was both kind of a simultaneous thing. So um, the last month, I I actually got I remember this because I actually watched like a night show recently. Eric Bischoff, you know, what a son of a bitch he is. But I got to hand it to him in January of 96, which was the last paper, which was the last month. Either major company did not run a pay-per-view. Bischoff declared January of 96, quote, fan appreciation month in WCW. And while the other company, his words, I believe it's called Titanic Sports, is raising the price of their pay-per-view, we're giving you all of our content for free. (laughs) Speaking of Eric Bischoff, I'm going to throw a plug out here for another podcast because we kind of talked about this off-air recently, but I just heard it the other day because I'd kind of been going through the show uh, over the last couple of weeks when I was working in the yard. But uh, our guy, Liam O'Rourke, We've talked about this show. He's been on the show twice. Uh, he wrote the, the award-winning Brian Pillman book that crazy Eric, the box. Yes, Eric Bischoff proceeded to trash for no reason whatsoever. Uh, the fact he never even read read the book. You well, can check there, our there, there was a reason, but it was very self. Well, it was <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> you're right. I shouldn't say no reason whatsoever, but it was a very poorly informed take he had on his podcast. And then we actually had Liam on our show last summer to respond. I think the same week that all happened. Yep. Uh, so check that out in our archives if you want. It was the second time Liam was on the show, but on on uh, Liam's podcast, uh, Squared Circle Gazette. He's talking about his experience in uh, Double or Nothing weekend in Las Vegas. And uh, he actually came face to face with Eric Bischoff. And uh, it's a hilarious story. Liam, I know you're out there listening. I enjoyed this very much. was laughing to myself in the yard as I was mowing the lawn listening to this. I would highly recommend you guys check it out. Squared Circle Gazette Radio because uh, Liam got to tell Eric Bischoff face to face what he thought of his comments. And uh, yes. It's highly entertaining. So, anyways, I thought Bischoff was a black belt. <laughs> Didn't sound too con- confrontational in uh, the experience he had with Liam. I'll, I'll just can't say do, that. Can't do karate in the elevator, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the the pay per view concept. I don't. I don't know. I think it is kind of reflective of a bygone era. This this whole idea of, of you know a pay per view every month because it was during the wrestling war. I don't. AEW is not planning on doing one a month as no, of right and now. Nor should they. But like no. I just think that like 
I, I just think the way they book is just it's just like there's I hate how they waited for Super Showdown to be over to essentially start putting this card together. That was my worst fear when I saw how close they were together. You know, and I was like, oh God, just don't do like rematches of these two title matches. And they did. And like everything just feels very like rushed and thrown together. Whereas there was really no reason. And, and I'm going to go into some uh, talking, specific talking points with the matches, but there was really no reason to do those two title matches in Saudi Arabia, was there? Like, no. why not just hold, like, like, did that card really need those two title matches? They weren't, I mean, you could argue they were third and fourth from the top. Mm-hmm. And there was the Battle Royal, too. Yeah. I mean, so I, I just, I don't know, man. What do you think, Justin? 12 pay-per-views too much, one a month? No, I mean, if if the product, product was good and they were writing good stories, we wouldn't be having the discussion. Part of the problem is the, the Super Showdown, so close to stomping grounds where they do have this, uh, drive through express booking. Um, but if they were telling good stories, we would have no problem with it. Now, having said that, if you want to fix it in today's problems, you, you know, maybe instead of a three hour special, you shorten it to two, make it more of like a takeover. You know, you don't have to put every title or every, you know, superstar on the match, just book the important stuff, make it feel like an actual special. Like these are the matches that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say this. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that there shouldn't be 12 big network specials, what we kind of know as a pay-per-view throughout the course of the year. I just think the way they're stay, oh, you have to have one in July, you know, because July is by God, it's time, it's that time of the year for extreme rules with WWE. Come stop. You know, I just feel like if they were happen more organically, you know, like like this show again, it's just like, well, we have to have a June pay-per-view but yeah you you really don't well i I do think though that there's something to be said for having the branded shows that they have like every year because at least they have the possibility to build up some prestige you know i stomping grounds we we joke back in the day about great balls of fire just changing it all the time like there's nothing prestigious about the show there's nothing to harken back to of oh remember last year at stomping grounds you know like Okay, so hold on. I was gonna. I, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I, I, you know, we Justin and I each had an opening salvo, so I wanted to make sure you got that in. Did you have anything else? No. There with, okay. So the, the I remember we texted when this show was announced, and you were like apoplectic about the name. <laughs> I think that might be an exaggeration. No, you were pretty pissed. I mean, you were like, I this was, is, no. you were like, you were like, this is the worst name in the history of wrestling. I- <laughs> I think you don't get my sarcasm sometimes. Oh, I mean, I, I I do think it was a, here, a bad I'm gonna turn, name. I'm, I'm going to turn. Well, hold on. I want to turn sarcasm on on my phone here. I, oh, it was off. It was. Off. I apologize. It was off. Um. Okay. The problem with the first of all, I think it is a terrible name, though. Yes. Yes, it is. It's a. It's like most. It's like most of the other non-big four names. It's what corporate people would call a wrestling pay-per-view. Vengeance. No mercy. Unforgiven, Judgment Day, Armageddon. Like what none of it means anything. Like if I if I asked you guys what happened at No Mercy 09, <laughs> was there even a No Mercy 09, to be honest with you? I don't know. Yeah, 09 uh, sucked. <laughs> you know, no, no way out. Like that, like it doesn't mean anything. I, the stomping grounds, it appears from WWE television this week, it is just an excuse for Michael Cole to say WWE is kicking ass and taking names this Sunday. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's bad. It's real bad. I think so. they should name it Curb Stomping Battlegrounds. Yeah. <laughs> Battlegrounds. <laughs> Better, the, actually. The worst one, by I think the worst single WWE pay-per-view name ever was when they shortened the Great American Bash to The Bash. That was 09. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, uh, McMahon. Vince thought, like, the reason, like, oh, well, it's a WCW name. That's why it's not drawing. So let's just change the Great American Bash to The Bash. Oh, or a Clash of Champions and not Clash of the Champions. Oh, boy. That's another, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's break it down match by match. Before I do, I left this out at the beginning of the show. But, of course, guys, if you are an Apple podcast right now, if you hit subscribe, if you leave us a five-star rating, we'd greatly appreciate it. Leave us an actual review with text for me to read on air. We love to read the reviews on the air. It's been a few weeks since we've had a new one. Uh, We did have a new five-star rating come in this week because I saw the overall number tick up, but no review. So if you leave us a review, we'll leave it or we'll, we'll read it on the show. We'll leave it out here for all the listeners. Um, and then, of course, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found, same thing. Subscribe to the show. Uh, check out TopRopeNation.com. You can check out the links there for our Patreon page. And, of course, um, all of our merchandise, like I was getting into earlier with our Pro Wrestling Tees store and the brand-new T-shirt was just released earlier today. So uh, with Stopping Grounds, we don't know what the pre-show matches are at this point. Um there's been rumors that they could add a Usos revival tag team title match on the yeah. Raw side. It, it yeah, hasn't think, been announced I think, yet. I think that was just started by Dave, to be honest with you, wasn't it? Well, I yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense though from a, a logical perspective if they want to get those guys on the show. Um, not that there's a lot of depth in the tag division, but uh, it, it would make sense the way the f- the past few weeks have gone. Uh, we do know Brian and Rowan are defending the SmackDown titles against Heavy Machinery, which is, of course, exactly what you want to see Daniel Bryan doing at a show in Washington. Uh, I guess <laughs> the, the story here is going to be if Bryan can get the crowd to boom or not. Uh, looking at looking at the show here, uh, we got nine matches. I would assume they'll save eight for the pay-per-view. If that's the case, it's probably like always going to be the Cruiserweight match on the pre-show or maybe... Uh, New Day and Owens. Yeah, and I could see that being a pre-show match. Yeah, I, one of those is is probably going to be on the pre-show. But uh, I guess we'll just start out with with the tag title match since that's what we were talking about here a second ago when I brought up the uh, the rumored match. So Brian and Rowan, Heavy Machinery, obviously uh, Brian and Rowan are going to retain here. That's probably going to be a theme for most of these tag team or most of the title matches, I should say, throughout the card. Now, I did think on SmackDown, uh, Brian was pretty damn good on commentary. Yeah, was an entertaining listen. Yes. And uh, I love the line. I wrote this on my review over at Comic Book. I love the line where he was talking about how these guys should not be trying to be the new bushwhackers. They should be trying to be the sheep herders. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look them up on the network. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And, and, and the, the the subtle dig at his, I guess, father-in-law, uh John Laurinaitis was great too. When Corey Graves was like, "Whatever happened to that guy who used to wave the flag for the sheep herders?" Yeah, <laughs> that, that was good stuff. Brian was really good. I mean, you could tell he got pretty good at at talking on the microphone when he was out of action for a few years. But and another great line he had, I have this in my notes here, is um, Byron Saxton was like when uh, Otis was ready to do the caterpillar, uh, and Byron Saxton's like. Daniel, this could be you. And Brian's like, what are you talking about? I'll just move. 
<laughs> that was outstanding stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, by the way, speaking of the sheep herders, I just saw before we went on uh, the air that the hidden gem this week on the network, Crockett Cup 86. Oh, yeah. It's going about that. And the Dave Meltzer gave the sheep herders five stars against the Fantastics at that show. I'm interested. If it's, I have never seen the complete version of that match. I don't know if we're getting so the chopped up cup that was released. So I'm very interested um, to, to watch that coming up soon. If, if it's the chopped up version that I've seen or if they have the match in full. Yeah, this was a hidden gem that I guess all of the, you know, on my Twitter feed, all of the uh, the hardcore, like involved in the business types were really excited about. Everyone was talking about this this afternoon. So uh, that was I have a really big deal at that time. The crime yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. It, that was, it was way bigger than either the 87 or 88 version because it, it was a joint production uh, with Mid-South. Mm-hmm. It was held in New Orleans. And it's interesting because um, the NWA just brought back the Crockett yes. Cup. So <laughs> timing, mm-hmm. no coincidence, probably. Um, all right. So I, I would assume we're all going with Brian and Rowan here. Anyone disagree? Justin, you're kind of like uh, the Karnak, the Magnificent here on the show. So <laughs> there's a there's a reference for the older listeners. Any disagreement from you, Mr. Joy? That's a Kevin Nash reference, by the way. Kevin Nash is my new favorite pro wrestler of all time. Check out his Twitter feed to see what I am talking about. That's all I'm going to say on that. No disagreement. All right. Uh, well, I, I want to say a couple things. Heavy machinery. They are the Bushwhackers 2K19, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you you made mention of this, Ryan. I have it in my notes as well. God, you feel that Brian should be in a better spot than this, particularly in Tacoma, where he's likely to be cheered. Uh, I kind of almost feel like this is a title shot out of necessity for heavy machinery because there's really no one else to challenge Brian and Rowan here. Um, and it's kind of too bad because I think heavy machinery do have the potential to really get over as an act, like as an opening card act. Yeah. You know? But they may just be forgotten if they lose here. And I don't think they've had the appropriate time to, you know, a big thing with WWE these days is they don't get max potential out of these matches. And I think if heavy machinery had more time to get over this match, which admittedly is not going to mean much in the grand scheme of things, no matter what, I think there was more potential for this. And by the way, what happened to the Usos beating Daniel Bryan clean at money in the bank? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Brian and Rowan will retain though. Yes. All right. Uh, the cruiser title match, uh, Tony Nice defending against Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. They had the uh, the double pin a couple weeks ago on 205 Live to set this up where they were trying to crown Great a match. new number one contender. Great match. Uh, I have, like- you, have you guys been tuning in to uh, 205 Live consistently at all? Nope. consistently no last week's episode was very good i really recommend it for the four-way which i liked better than uh seth rollins aj styles and money in the bank i think if you i I don't know i guess it depends how you classify 205 live is it main roster or not i think other than daniel bryan and kofi at mania i think it was the best main roster match of the year in the wwe that four-way isn't it odd how the shows that Vince McMahon has the least control or awareness yeah. of are always the best shows? Um, like everyone's always talking about 205 Live is really good. NXT, of course. Like Vince probably has no idea what's really happening on those shows for the most part. Here's a comment. I thought WWE TV last week, not this past week, but last week was tremendous. Except Ron SmackDown. 
<laughs> I, I really recommend 205 Live with the four-way and Jack Gallagher, Chad Gable. Gallagher is, is really, really oh, good. I always love watching Jack Gallagher. That's a great take by Ryan. Love Ryan Drosty with all Finally. that. Finally. Oh, there we go. Finally, <laughs> there we credit go. on this show. Okay. You there we go. About, okay. The term underrated is overused, but you want to talk about three guys currently employed by Titan Sports that are underrated. Oni Lorkin, Jack Gallagher, Drew Gulak. The, oh, yeah. These are guys I want on my TV more. Yeah. I think you could throw Chad Gable in there too. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think you could. But God, I, I just... Drew Gulak is just an absolute freaking beauty in my opinion. Is he going to win the Cruiserweight Championship in this I'd match? I'd like to see him because Tony Nese does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I feel that they should, you know, since 205 Live went into its own universe, there's only been two title changes. I feel that they may be like, I mean, they shouldn't do it like every month, but like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I could also see Tazawa getting it going over to Japan. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, as you, we got in the second ago with, with title matches, and I said this is going to be kind of a theme, but most of the odds makers are not seeing any championships changing hands on this show. Oh, but I've not seen the odds. Can you look? Yeah, I believe all the champions are favored when I looked earlier today. But uh, if you had to pick a match where there's maybe a chance at it, it's probably this one or one I'll mention here in a little bit. But uh, and all the all of the champions are favored. So um, Tony Nice, Gulak, Tazawa. Uh, I think I'm just gonna I'll I'll pick Nice here, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they changed titles here i'm Justin. rooting for drew gulak i think they could do something with gulak getting the win but not over the champion and kind of keep the feud going okay all right well then this brings us to the new day which would be biggie and xavier woods of course taking on owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, no stakes at this one, just a straight up tag team match so like we said a second ago you could see this one possibly happening on the pre-show uh, a lot of interaction on TV. Not anything at stake, though, like I said. So not, I don't really have a whole lot of interest on in this. I think it's it's a sleeper match, though, that could be one of the better ones on the show. I think the match after this is probably going to be the match of the show that I'll get to in a second. But uh, I feel like this is a sleeper pick, even though it's not for a title or anything, and, and most of the matches otherwise have something in that regard. I do feel like uh, they could put on a pretty damn good match and it, it could be a sleeper pick for uh, in that conversation of best match of the night. Um, what do you guys think on this one, Kyle? Yeah, New Day. What was that? SummerSlam a couple years ago. Uh, they weren't fooling around when they were on the pre-show against the Usos. That's the best pre-show match company. Oh, ever. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the term buried. Overused in wrestling analysis, in my opinion. That being said, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been beaten like a drum over the last month or so. My goodness. Here's two guys who come back with different characters, okay, after injuries, but they're back in the same spot. They were pre-injury. Mm -hmm. uh, Owens fake joining the New Day, turning on them, and then losing the title match, all done way too quick. That was the, Like, they just blew through that. Imagine if they had held off on the turn, done Kofi and Brian at Muddy in the Bank, which could have been done instead of giving away for free on Raw, which they did. And then they held off the Owens turn for this show. 
you'd have a fresh match, and you'd also spare us from freaking Dolph Ziggler, who I'll get to in a moment. Um, I get that Owens didn't want to work Saudi Arabia, but that show didn't need a SmackDown title match. And again, this could be your first Kofi Owens meeting. Um, it is tough to get excited about all this after Owen, all the Owens and Zayn losing. And one more thing. I, I talked about some things. Yeah, okay, Raw was better, but there were a few things here and there that irked me, maybe nitpicking. This is one of them. In that six-man scenario we saw where it was Owens, Zayn, and Corbin against New Day, wouldn't it have been more intriguing if Owens or Zayn had agreed to be the ref, but then that heel miscommunication led to them rescinding? Mm, Rather yeah. than saying, oh, well, we're not going to do it. But we'll, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll still team with you. You know, we still like you. Just, just throwing that out there. I think Owens and Zayn have to win this match, actually. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't hurt New Day to lose either. Yeah. Justin. Yeah, I agree. Outside of, you know, Big E just returning and then. Yeah, I guess you can always have Xavier eat the eat the pin, but um, yeah, I'm going to go Sammy and uh, Kevin Owens. They need it. I am also picking Owens and Sammy. I think they need it. I'm also picking it for another reason. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, the local advertising for uh, the pay-per-view in Philadelphia next month has uh, the WWE title match as Kofi taking on Owens and Ziggler in a triple threat. So basically, he would be facing the last two guys that challenge him at the previous two pay-per-views. So uh, Dolph Ziggler! <laughs> more Dolph Ziggler for you. Um, so that would be Extreme Rules next month. That's it. Now, local advertising often does change. Yeah. At one point, they were advertising it to be Kingston versus Orton versus Owens. So they've subbed in now Dolph for Orton. But either way, it seems like Owens is going to be involved. So if he's going to be involved, he's got to get the win here, in my opinion. So uh, I'll go with Owens and say he did kind of tease it in a promo on Raw, too, didn't he? Didn't he say something effective like, oh, and if you manage to get by Dolph this Sunday, I'll looking for another match. Yeah. Yeah. So makes sense. So that's what I'll go with there. Uh, the next one is the U.S. title match, which I think will probably be the match of the show, in my opinion. Samoa Joe uh, with Ricochet challenging him. Really looking forward to seeing this match here. I don't see a title change happening. But uh, oh. more, uh, I think Joe will retain personally. Your boy, your boy Rick O'Shea, not uh, oh, with him. <laughs> the Irish superstar. Yeah. Rick O'Shea. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been really high in Ricochet in the past on the show many, many times back when he was on the Indies as well. But uh, I, I just feel like it's it's too soon to take the title off of Joe. Uh, Justin, what do you think on this one? Totally agree with you. All they need to do in this match is let, let them go for a while. You know, give them at least 10 minutes. Have, let them have a kind of a hard-hitting match that you know these two guys could do. And even if Ricochet loses, you know, he's... He's already lost, you know, a handful of matches since he's come up. Um, drag this feud out until SummerSlam where uh, Ricochet can get the win in the title. Yeah, there you go. Kyle. Wow, some Rick O'Shea fans you are. Oh. <laughs> Just being real, man. Just being real I with you. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Stylistically, how these guys are going to match up. Joe is a great promo, a great character. He's not what he was in the ring, though. I'm not, like, sold that this is going to be a home run. It could be really good, but I'm not sold that this is, like, a slam dunk home run. The other part of it is is if Ricochet wins, 
you're for all the singles titles, you're looking at all baby face champions. This is a baby face promotion. Um, I think you can't go wrong with either guy as a champ here, but I'm leaning Ricochet. Ricochet. I, I just love saying it that <laughs> way. I'm saying it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, I always go back to this. I say this a lot of times. Joe being viewed as the quote utility player by management, obviously talented enough to deserve a long title run. There's no disputing that. But I got to think Ricochet, God damn it, Ricochet <laughs> uh, may need the title more now. Joe is a guy who probably doesn't need a title, certainly deserving of one, but I don't think he needs it. Um, again, something with Raw. So I'm going to pick Ricochet. There were some psychology issues I had with that five-way on Raw where Ricochet won. One was getting the pin on fellow babyface Braun Strowman after the heel cheating. I thought that was just horribly executed. I was very happy to see Dave Meltzer rip on it as well. Um, and then it also came down to face versus face, him and Miz. I thought that was a little strange. Two push baby faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We're split on this one. I'm still going with Samoa Joe, but uh, hey, I'm not I'm not saying I would mind Ricochet being U.S. Yeah, I, like I, 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 mean, I would like to see it. But Like uh, I said, I don't think pick. you can't go wrong with either of these guys. Chip. And Ryan, to your point, I don't see a lot of titles changing hands on the show, and they're going to change one. There's no way all the champions are going to retain. Mm-hmm. And so this is the one that, you know, I kind of looked at. I was like, yeah, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on to uh, – yeah, let's go with one of the women's matches next. So uh, let's go with Becky and Lacey Evans first. Uh, this one's interesting because I don't see Becky Lynch losing the championship here. How do they do this? Because Lacey is someone that they have plans for moving forward. I think she is going to be a star in the women's division. I, obviously, she's still kind of coming along in the ring, but I think she plays the character well. I, I'm more interested to see her down the line evolve and start telling her real life story, which is probably more interesting than this Southern Bell thing she's doing right now. Uh, but she is someone they have big plans for from like all that. accounts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's going to lose here. Uh if she loses here, where does Lacey Evans go? I mean, what happens with her to keep her as someone that's that's featured in the promotion, Kyle? Well, I don't know. Justin, I remember, was we were talking about this. I remember he said it. Uh, I think it was our preview show for Money in the Bank, and he was spot on. This is booking yourself into a corner, this feud, because you had ba- uh, Becky, your new hot champion, against this brand new challenger who you have high plans for, what do you do? And we saw the money in the bank scenario and I'm going to get into that in a minute. I was very, you know, I was kind of alone, Ryan. You remember we did our post show. I criticized the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bailey money, in the bank, how how the whole thing played out. And I'm going to get back to that and defend myself in a moment because I think the psychology of this thing is all screwed up. And, I'll just make one point on the booking yourself a quarter. I think it's pretty obvious to me. They should have called up Shayna Baszler and left Lacey Evans at NXT. If they just wanted to bring up somebody, a credible person to put over Becky, somebody or somebody who had far more credibility than Lacey, quite frankly, it should have been Shayna Baszler could have played right off the Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, for sure. They would have tied right in with that. uh, That was the call in my opinion. That's not to uh, besmirch. Lacey Evans, because I'm with you. I, I do think she has potential. But the psychology here, and I, I apologize if any other podcast has brought this up or anyone has written about it. I haven't seen it or heard it. But the psychology here is bad. So the Becky character, because a lot of people complained when this match was announced. 
Like, what the heck is Lacey doing a match? It's like, well, okay. Lacey did cost Becky the SmackDown women's title, Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. And so Becky's character is right to want revenge for that. But there's a problem. How did that scenario end at Money in the Bank for those keeping score at home? A feel-good moment with Bailey cashing in Money in the Bank. So from the fans' perspective, the heat's kind of gone here because people should be thinking when they in the build of this match, oh, that's right, that no good Charlotte's got the belt now. That, that damn Lacey Evans cost Becky. But it's not the case, mm-hmm. which I why I was so adamant on our recap show last month that that entire Money in the Bank scenario with Bailey winning the title undermined Becky Lynch, and I stand by it right now on June 20th, 2019 in Top Rope Nation. There we go. And and Lacey's been booked terribly since that first match, too. They've done her no favors. You can't have, you cannot, after Becky winning at WrestleMania, have her lose both titles within three months. You cannot do that. Bring back memories, Kyle. That was a hell of a broadcast we had. That that was an edition of Top Rope Nation Extra. You can find it on Patreon where we reviewed Money in the Bank. But Kyle was pretty fired up, just as fired up as he is tonight still several weeks later. <laughs> I like it. So, I want to know uh, if I'm right now from Justin, though. I want to know. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? Karnak the Magnificent. <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> Simply put, Becky Lynch. All right. Yeah, I don't know what they do with Lacey here, but uh, I agree with you. I think that's a really good take as far as uh, it should have been Shayna. Lacey could have used some more time down there in NXT, uh, you know, obviously in the ring. But uh, Lacey Evans. Yeah, she's out for revenge for her friend, too. And Lacey could have been NXT Women's Champion. Yeah. I think if if you literally reverse the roles of Shayna Baszler and Lacey Evans, everyone is better for it. Yeah. Well, the four horsewomen were at SmackDown on Tuesday night. Not sure if you guys saw that or not. Obviously, they were not used on the broadcast, but all four of them were there. So, uh, yes. Okay. Reigns and McIntyre. What about Bay? Are we not doing Bailey and Alexa? Yeah, I was, I was going to go to that one after. Okay, okay. I was going to split up the women's matches here. So, Reigns and McIntyre. Um, is this going to be a better match than we got at Mania, guys? That's I guess that's the big question. I would hope so. Hopefully, yeah. we'll have a little more time. I mean, this yeah. is this is a match that has potential to be pretty I, good. I as actually well. think this could be a show stealer potentially. I think. I think. Am this, I crazy? I think this more than any other match needs to be a show stealer. Oh for yeah, both, for that's both a, guys' sake. That's a great point. That's a great because point. because they have damn near killed all the goodwill and momentum they had with Roman Reigns, and kind of the same thing they've 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 really pushed. McIntyre into a corner too. They're they're driving him down that same lane as they did Braun Strowman, where they had a super heel on their hands, uh, and they kind of screwed the pooch. So uh, yeah, they they need a, a great match out of both these two. And if one of them needs a win, it's Drew McIntyre. But to keep this stupid feud going with Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns is going to get the win. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, what's your pick here, Kyle? So I really enjoyed the angle on Raw. I really, really liked it a lot. I thought that was to Justin's point about, you know, that they've kind of pissed away some of the goodwill with Roman. That's true. But I, the crowd was cheering Roman. And he was, again, booked like an ass kicker. You know, the heel said something he didn't like, and he just went up there after him. 
and he speared Shane. You know, he threw Drew to the table. Good stuff. That was good stuff. Um, everyone came across well. I think in that whole scenario. Yeah, I also liked earlier in the show when the revival picked up the money. By the way, that was the highlight drop. of the show. Highlight yeah, that show. that was that was tremendous. Um, <laughs> and, and Drew did acknowledge his you know his past relationship with Heath Slater and Three Man Band, which was a real hoot as well. Um, I'm going to go back to something I said post WrestleMania when I talked about this match and how it was kind of lost in the shuffle uh, in East Rutherford. I said, wouldn't this be a lot better if it was a first-time meeting? (laughs) (laughs) Going to reiterate it again right now because it would be a lot better if it was a first-time meeting. Um, The match will be better this time around. I'm fairly confident here. Uh, Again, to Justin's point, I'm a little worried about Drew's fate if he were to lose here because is he then just destined to be a henchman for Shane McMahon? And is this just like – is? Is Drew just a setup man for the quote unquote bigger match between Roman and Shane? Well, and not only that, I mean, it's like, is he just going to continue to be like one part of a, a group, you know, coming in with Dolph and then going on to with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley? And now he's McMahon's lackey. I mean, they need to do something new with him. Like, let him I, stand I, on his own. I thought he and the revival were dressed well, though. If you want to see Drew McIntyre dressed well, I think it's the uh, Triple H special on the network. You get to see him in a Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion shirt. I fucking love Justin (laughs) Joint with all my heart and soul. I saw that too, and I was in tears. I was in absolute tears. I said that to a buddy of mine who doesn't even watch wrestling, and he thought it was great. Um, You know, I will say this with Drew. We talked about this post, uh, I think it was on our Mania recap show, that it seemed like he was kind of missing something. You know, I didn't know if it was fair at the time to pin it all on the booking. You look back on his last five, six months, maybe it was just the fact that he's lost a couple matches. That's hurt. But I don't hate the idea of him being associated with Shane McMahon. I don't like the idea of him being a setup man for Roman to, you know, for Roman and Shane to be a bigger match. I don't like that. You know, uh, and that's and that's the thing, going back to like them trying to kill the momentum and goodwill they had with Roman Reigns, you had this good feud. Like basically, they took Miz's good feud with Shane McMahon and gave it to Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and both Roman and Miz are kind of like you know hurting a little bit as baby faces, and you know it's like both of them want to match again with Shane McMahon. <laughs> you know, yeah. Elias, who is you know I, I mentioned this last week, Elias in overact. No one's going to dispute that. Not a you know certainly not the Luthes of our generation, but like you know Roman beat him in like a thirty second squash at Money in the Bank. Yeah. But then Roman loses to Shane. I got a lot of problems where where this is going, um, and it's kind of a tough booking quandary. What do you think, Ryan? Because I'm going to make my pick after yours. <laughs> okay. Well, you we're going to have to go into this by looking at what's advertised once again for next month at extreme oh, rules at the love Wells love Fargo love. center in Philadelphia. The website is currently listing Roman reigns versus Shane McMahon and drew McIntyre in a one-on-two handicap match. Ah, uh, yes. Shades of shades of the rock versus Booker T and Shane. <laughs> um, you know, Shane McMahon has to get his comeuppance from Roman eventually here, which is probably going to happen next month. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to pick McIntyre here. I think both guys need a win. Um, I think McIntyre really needs it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Drew, and then we'll get to 
Extreme Rules next month, and Roman will get his win back. I think you that's could, what I'm going with. Yeah, you could do a screwy finish here where, like, you know, like the the he, it's the same as Shane with the Super Showdown, like where the heels just interfere. Yeah. Well, you know what sucks about that? It's just, would they lose anything by just giving Drew a clean win? Doesn't that help everybody? I wouldn't actually beat Roman clean. Oh, well, you're a mark. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I, I would. I wouldn't. How do you Roman. love him now, Kyle? Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on. It's with a caveat, an asterisk, if you will. Had Roman not lost to Shane McMahon two weeks ago, I'd be more open to that idea. Yeah, that was a ridiculous decision. No matter how you cut it. He yeah. said it last week, Kyle, under no circumstances, no matter what kind of smoke and mirrors you pull out there, no matter how screwy the finish is, Roman yeah. Reigns should not be losing to Shane McMahon under no. any circumstances. No, he shouldn't. So, He's the big dog of the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going with Drew. What's your pick, Kyle? Roman. All right. So two Romans and one Drew. All right. Sounds good. Let's go to the uh, the women's SmackDown Championship match. We've got Bailey defending against Alexa Bliss. Now, I thought the segment on SmackDown with these two was really good. Uh, it, it seemed like it, it kind of mixed in maybe some real-life backstage scenarios there between the two of them. Like, you could easily imagine what Alexa was saying happening down in NXT. Uh, they've wrestled before, obviously. scripted. No, it came. it was very, very good. Uh, it made me more interested in this match than I was before. <sighs> I think the the finish around this is going to kind of revolve around what the plan is with Nikki Cross, obviously down the line. Now, I did find it interesting on Raw that Bailey was getting booed. They were cheering the Alexa Nikki team, especially Nikki was getting cheers in the you in the backstage segment. The yeah. You heard the booze, Jr. <laughs> so, so the thing is, like, what what route do they want to take here? Does Nikki inadvertently cost Alexa the match, and they do that breakup angle here with those way two right too, away? Way too soon. Yeah, which, or which means it's happening. <laughs> oh dear God, no. Or does a title change happen? Now Bailey hasn't been champion long, obviously. Yeah, but uh, it's been a long time since Alexa Bliss has had a championship as well. Uh, this was the one I was getting to earlier where I said outside of the cruiserweight match, I think this one is the next best option where there could possibly be a title change. I'm not sure I'm confident in picking a title change here, but uh, like I said, it, it all comes down to what what kind of scenario they have planned with Alexa and Nikki. I think you could go both ways there, but if Alexa became champion, you could do the slow builds of the build to the uh, breakup or maybe Nikki gets jealous or something, or they just they have heat building up over weeks and weeks and weeks. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure who I'm going to pick on this yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out to you guys first, Justin. I just think it's too soon to take it off Bailey. Um, I think they're they're doing something with her character. I think they are actually kind of slowly turning her heel. Um, so I think you keep it on her and uh, let uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross feud. I did. I do like the new wrinkle to Bailey's character. I will say, finally, you know, much needed. We've talked about this a lot in the past with Bailey and her and her character, but uh, she hasn't exactly had long championship reigns before with the uh, WWE here. So we'll see if they're going to give her that kind of confidence. Kyle, I would not be opposed to a title change here. Um, 
it is a short list of people that are booked to the best of their ability on the main roster. There's no disputing that. Alexa Bliss's name is probably on that list, though, isn't it? Say that again. List of people booked to the best of their ability on the main roster. Oh, okay. It's very short. Alexa Bliss's name was the first one that comes to mind for me. And like I like I already had that down in my notes, like beef after Raw. And then that SmackDown segment happened, which I agree with you. I thought was very good. And I'm thinking to myself watching this, I'm like, is Alexa Bliss just better than Bailey on the WWE main roster? Yes, she is. Because you peaked in NXT. It's true. I've been saying it for three almost three years <laughs> on this show. I mean <sighs> You're right. I mean, it's hard to find someone on the roster that has been booked better, to be honest. But it has been a long time since she's been champion. So, yeah, but I I just think that like she was out of action with an injury for a long time. But I just think she is one of those people, you know, she can get herself over without wrestling. Yeah. And and I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to go hot take Bill here. Okay, somewhere along the line that like that just became de-emphasized by critics. And, you know, people who watch wrestling where it's like, oh, well, it's, it's just all about the wrestling. Folks who can get, if you want to get over on this main roster, you got to find a way to stay over without just that, not your in-ring work. And Miz? Alex, yeah, Miz is another example. Yes, Elias is someone who could say, I mean, it's, it's a gimmick, but still, I, Miz is, is another good example, I, I think. But, you know, these are people who, yeah, okay, the WWE has, we talked about it, the Moxley interviews shine a light on it. It's got these inherent issues. But there are some people, and it is a short list, like I said, who can still, and they, of course, will have their misses, just like anybody else, but they can, you know, make chicken salad, sometimes out of chicken shit. And, you know, Bliss is, is very good. You know, Meltzer brought up the last time these two did a program, it did not end well for Bailey. Was that last year? Or was that two years ago in San Jose? She there was a title match, and Alexa just kind of beat her pretty cleanly. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I was and you know, okay, the scenario was not booked well from Bailey's perspective, but you know, I was just thinking, you know, kind of watching that segment smack that Alexa Bliss just maybe the better of the two, and I, I love this Alexa Nikki Cross storyline a lot. I think it's something you drag out a while. Mm-hmm. I re- and Justin hit on the key for me because I, I was struggling because I'm like, man, I think you could do I could see a title change here. But it just after that money in the bank thing you just did, it feels too early to take it off Bailey. And Alexa has this Nikki Cross storyline to fall back on. That's true. I mean, I I'm kind of thinking, though, in the back of my mind, too, though, is if she loses to Bailey here, where do they go if they're not doing a breakup angle right away? So I think I don't know, maybe Nikki comforts her. I I feel like the way WWE books is that uh, Nikki helps Alexa win here. Alexa wins the title next month. Bailey faces Nikki and then Bailey and Alexa have the rematch at SummerSlam. Okay. That's it just seems like how they would, they would book this. Not out of this world. I think, I think, I think it's more interesting by with the way what's going on with Alexa and Nikki. I feel like it's more interesting to put the title on her and add that to the story right now. Now I agree with what you said. And I, I said that, that I do think Alexa has been better on the main roster. I'm don't mistake me. Bailey is better between the ropes wrestling, but 
overall character. She's not though, as over with the audience. She is. No, Alexa Bliss is a better <laughs> quote unquote superstar on the main roster. She has been. She is viewed. Yes, she is. And people can poo poo that all they want. Turn their nose up at it. You're wrong, pal. Not Ryan, but uh, imaginary person who's turning up their nose. Yeah. Alexa Bliss to the WWE audience projects more as a star. Full Sail University is not indicative of the wrestling you know, of the WWE universe necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. I've talked myself into it. I'm going with the title change here. Wow. Yeah, I'm going with it. We'll see. Thinking I'm with Bailey. The, it makes. It makes more sense. Like it's more interesting with what's going on with the team with Nikki Cross. And I agree with you guys. Nikki Cross has been awesome in the story. And I think you just add the championship belt into what's going on there and they can have some good segments. And uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm going with I'm going with the title change. You both are taking Bailey. Yeah, I could yeah. you know though, God, I, I can see like Nikki sacrificing herself to like get Alexa the win. Yeah, she looked uh pretty torn by what alexa did to bailey on smackdown oh yes that's true i don't think she liked that mm-hmm. i think she's true. starting to realize she's being used yeah that was already uh, well dude it's going fast yeah. <laughs> give me we'll six see. give me a six month storyline on this is this the most interesting match on this card we've had the most discussion on this match i think guys it's yeah. a, I, I thought this, that the television this, was did as good a job. Sorry, that was like yeah, that was bad. What are you gonna say, Justin? I was gonna just this and uh, Ricochet and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it is. I think that I think the television sold it. If you want to go by old school wrestling, use TV to build the pay per view. Bailey and Alexa hit it out of the park on on Tuesday night. So and and Monday the stuff and Monday was good too. Yeah. Although although I will say this that pre tape or I, maybe it wasn't pre tape it was like the Bailey Natty Naomi random conversation that Charlie Caruso updated with you know Alexa is making these remarks about you on social media that was bad. Yeah, I haven't really like how they've been they've been mixing that in and oh did you see what she liked on Twitter and I don't know I don't. I don't hate that i just thought it was so awkward and i thought like bailey didn't respond very well well the thing about what she liked she didn't actually like it so it's like (laughs) the fans can go look and see what she's liked and if she has it's kind of i don't know right rusty twitter police that's right can't get anything by me on there uh let's let's go with uh the smackdown title match the steel cage match kofi and dolph ziggler i mean it could be a pretty good match but Dolph wasn't great on SmackDown, as you said in our text thread, Kyle. Holy really, you were really dude, negative on Dolph. Dude, Ziggler. that promo blew. I'm sorry, man. Like, look, scripted promos. We could talk about it. His delivery sucked the big one, and it, they it always does. He just starts like yelling. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm yelling right now, so maybe I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but that promo was absolute. 169% cow dung. It was not good. And why does he as a heel have an American flag on his tights? Oh, I think we know why. I mean, I know the right wing is co-opted patriotism, but come on, that should not matter in the world of professional wrestling. It's a, it's in a weird spot, though. Like, he's got it right on, on the back of his ass. <laughs> the American flag. Come on. 
Yeah, that's reserved spot. for Pittsburgh. Come on, Bret Hart, <laughs> Bret Hart told everybody. Yeah, it, I I was thinking about that on the other night on TV though. Like, why would you put it there? Like, put it on the side or something. I don't know. It just seems that. Okay, I hate the show Steeler gimmick. I've been very vocal about this in the past. Can you name between the two of you? Name me three shows that Dolph has quote stolen in the last ten years. No, it's just another way to rip off Shawn Michaels, one. which is his entire main roster career. It's yeah. just Shawn Michaels co-opting. Yeah. yeah, Kurt Hennig and Shawn Michaels. It's just, I think he's a good wrestler, but uh, I've never really seen him do much. I think he's original. very average. I don't think I don't know what he does that ten other guys can't do. Like I like even if he were to get a breath of fresh air and go to AEW, let's say AEW signed him, let's say WWE lets him go, he goes to AEW, and he kind of gets over and has a run. WWE still would not be wrong for getting rid of him. I other than Tamina Snuka, I don't think there's one person on this raw. If you put me, and, and I know this is kind of harsh to say, and by the way, it's probably why wrestlers hate podcasts, but. Other than Tamina, there isn't a person I think WWE should get rid of more than Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> He's been around for so long. He's not a show stealer. I thought Xavier Woods was better than him in the match on SmackDown. Oh, by the way. There there was a time when Dolph was super over with the crowd. I remember going to a Raw in like, ooh, man, 2010, 2011, where, I mean, the Ziggler t-shirts were everywhere. Was it, it was It was, well. Because that was the money in the bank. But you know what? Yeah. It's been proven over time that it's the briefcase that's over. Yeah, I just I don't know, but people are buying the shirts too. I mean, he was he was pretty over back then. I I think no, I don't think he's the best wrestler. I think he's a solid wrestler, but uh he might be onto something there too, Kyle. About he does a lot okay. of stuff that a lot of people what? can do. But I, the the big the big thing, the big problem I've always had with him is that his whole career has been a Shawn Michaels cosplay, right down to the boots he wears, to the design on his trunks, to the moves he uses in the ring, to the way he carries himself. It's just like it's all Shawn Michaels. And that's what I don't like. I like to see some more originality out of him. Go ahead, Kyle. But you know, another problem with this whole match is the psychology again. Kind of goofy. The heel gets screwed the first time around, right? And is now getting a justifiable gimmick match as a result. <laughs> yeah. That's not really how you book. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to say Kofi wins and Dolph goes on another hiatus after this. Much to skipping. Kyle Ross's <laughs> approval. Uh, the, only, the only thing I've, I, I, one positive I will say, like how Kofi Kingston's being booked. Since Mania. Strong. Imagine that. A strong baby face who just wins all the time. I think yeah, you should not he should not even be close to losing the title at this point. I mean, no. he is a he is a legitimate over babyface world champion. And and he doesn't even lose in tag matches. I think somebody tweeted that he's won like 40 straight matches. Good. Has, has Kofi Kingston been booked over the last couple of months better than Roman Reigns ever has? Yes. Yes. What do you think, Justin? Yes, but it's a different scenario. I, yeah, I think everybody was like, it was a little bit more organic to get. Ready oh to yeah, no doubt. To... No, but, but they haven't. But they haven't ruined it. You got to give them credit there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. been guys that have gotten over organically, and then they've just squashed it. Okay. <laughs> to your point on that note, Dolph. Okay, yes, there have been times in the last ten years. Yeah, <laughs> where he has been over. I'd like to stress again, ten years he has gotten over. But like, who hasn't? Kind of like. You know, like everyone kind of like is like, oh man, this guy should get pushed more. Like, I mean, again, name like you could name 30 people in the WWE right now that fit that bill. 
So that's not special to me. It just felt like, oh, man, people really cheered his Money in the Bank win in 2013. Well, every Money in the Bank win gets cheered. Yeah. Carmella got, drew a reaction when she cashed in Money in the Bank. Lesnar's isn't. No, that one. That's true. That's true. When he beats Kofi in the premiere of SmackDown Fox. Oh, oh. God in heaven. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the main event, which which is what I assume will be the main event. Um, I assume we're all picking Kofi, though, by the way. I don't think we clarified that. Yes, please, okay. God. All right. So uh, Seth defending against Baron Corbin with the to-be-announced special guest referee. Let's just start off by who are some options for the special guest referee and who's it going to be? I think Lesnar is the obvious one we would throw out there. My other ideas for who it could be i guess maybe you could throw aj in there since him and seth have some history uh maybe you could throw in a returning bray wyatt <laughs> uh but it seems like brock lesnar is is the most likely what do you guys think about the uh the special guest referee bit here lacey it, evans lacey evans. <laughs> yes. if, if uh vince russo was booking it would be becky and she would turn on seth and oh, go with barry right. corbin do you guys think they're doing too much with that relationship and showing mm. them backstage and mm. stuff? Yeah, not I, yet. Not until we get that live sex show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's too much, but it's notable that they're doing it, and it feels like it should go somewhere. Like, it is kind of, I guess, note. Like, it's not like you can hide it in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could, but, like, they chose not to. So it's been acknowledged. I think a lot of people know it. Um, so it's kind of not, you know, your two top baby, you know, your top men's and top women's baby face champion are dating. I, I'm not opposed to him doing something with it. I mean, it could also, they could wind up doing something very bad with it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's gotten a little forced and like the, like the little passing in the hallway on raw or whatever they did. Like, I don't know. We don't really need that like all the time, but I, I didn't like the way they first introduced it to the television audience. I didn't like when she just like kind of came out of left field and jumped in the ambulance after the Lesnar beat down. Mm -hmm. like, I, I actually thought that was like odd. Yeah. Okay. Just curious what you guys thought, but uh, no, for real though, who do you think the special guest referee is going to be Kyle? I have Lesnar question mark guaranteed to be a letdown question mark. <laughs> that. I don't know who it could be that would be exciting and sensical. CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the spot in a half full Tacoma dome. You bring in CM Punk. That maybe should have announced that ahead of time. They could have been doing better with their ticket sales. Could have brought in Rick Meyer. <laughs> maybe it'll be Rick O'Shea. Yeah, there you go. Um why, by the way, does Baron Corbin, who was fired as the GM of Raw, in a big deal when the McMahons were taking back their promotion, if you recall, we talked about that last week, still have a, quote, office, and on SmackDown, no less. <laughs> it does not make any sense at all. I was, Apple, <laughs> I mean, I was just scratching my head at that one. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the end of Raw with Corbin laying out Rollins with the chair after Rollins had been laying everyone else out with the chair. Um, he kind of needed to do it. Meltzer, mm -hmm. again, was very happy to see him put this in his TV report in the Observer. Uh, I, 
I don't really know about Baron Corbin, who is a weak challenger getting pinned in a tag match the week of a pay-per-view. Yeah. No, I I didn't like that either. But I it doesn't here's the other issue with this match. It doesn't matter who the special ref is because you cannot put the title on Baron Corbin. No, I, I that's why like Lesnar obviously makes the most sense because then they'll tease, oh, is it, is he gonna cash in afterwards throughout the entire match? God, that would kill the match though. That would or some some may I, say what's going to kill the match is Baron Corbin being the challenger. I think Baron Corbin is a fine professional wrestler, not a main eventer, but you know, I think a good, you know, he would have been a great guy for Kurt Hawkins to break the losing streak against, rather than that stupid way they did it on a pre-show tag match that meant nothing, and then they just jobbed the title three week, you know, a month later after no successful title offenses. Mm-hmm. Baron, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you guys a little bit here. You guys are Seth Rollins fans. You know what I'd like to see from Seth Rollins here? This is the only thing that I'm interested. I'm actually what I'm about to talk about is way more interesting to me than this special referee nonsense. I would like to see Seth, who is more Sean than Brett, a discussion we had on this program several weeks ago. I think you would agree with that, right? Seth is closer to Sean than Brett. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I want to see him take it upon himself to make Baron look good in this match. Okay, so you want to see him pull a Brett here? Yes, I want to see him be more Brett than Sean. I don't want to see the Seth who just, you know, finds a way to get all his same shit at every, you know, in this match. Make your opponent look good. I have a hard time seeing them book it that way. Like, I think he only has so much say in that. I think he could. But that's I, a good, I you're right. That's a good point because Brett, that, that's stuff that came from Brett. Like, I'm going to do these little things to make this guy look better. Mm-hmm. That's not a WWE strong suit. That's actually a very good point by Justin Joy. Well, let me pull out my cell phone here, and I'm going to text Mr. Colby Lopez that uh, <laughs> you need to make. That's Baron a local Corbin. number, by the way, right? It is. It's a okay. local number for us. Uh, <laughs> you need to make Baron Corbin Sunday night. The deep six is a good move. Yes, it is. I agree. I like that. It is a good move, but uh, I no, like no, it. I, I like I like him doing the big boss man tribute spots. <laughs> Be better if he came out to the theme song. That was a great theme song. Okay. Hold Corbin, on, gonna have to edit that one in here. Yeah. Look at Baron the timestamp right now. If Barry Corbin comes up to hard times, I'm gonna be in tears <laughs> on Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, great song. Great theme song. Uh, nope, Seth Rollins is winning, though. So uh, we'll see if he can carry Baron to a very good match. And we'll see who the special guest referee is. If it is the predictable Brock Lesnar or they actually shock and awe us. We shall see. Seth around the board, guys, I would assume. God, I hope so. <laughs> okay. So that is WWE Stomping Grounds. Uh, we haven't really gone over schedule for how we're going to do this, but we have promised it to all of you on Patreon that we are going to review for Top Rope Nation Extra all of the pay-per-views. We'll do a post-show on it. It'll be posted within 24 hours of the end of the pay-per-view. Uh, available only on Patreon, patreon.com slash Nation. if you want to hear that. Again, that's the $5 tier, so you get the extra bonus shows and you get that free T-shirt for the month of June. So look for that. Uh, sometime after the show, Sunday, late Sunday, or into Monday morning. All right. So before we get to your match of the week, Kyle, real quickly here, we do have some listener questions this week. So oh, we also should give a shout out to uh, you know people can make some money on their stomping ground picks. 
I don't know if they're do. I was actually looking oh. that up on my phone. I'm not sure if they are actually doing that. Usually, so we we partner with Wrestle Rumble. Um, our friends they do the. Uh, I'm, I'm looking on my phone right now. They do the uh, contest every single month where you try to predict the show. You can win some real cash uh, on the predictions. We always give away a free entry, and uh, they are not doing one this month but they are doing one for extreme rules so, speaks, uh, speaks to stop it grotto my god if the folks yeah. at wrestle rumble have checked out on you <laughs> wrestle rumble has checked out this month so there is no contest this this month but uh for extreme rules in july we will be giving away a free entry as we always do so check them out um at wrestlerumble.com sorry i just picked my nose anyone watching <laughs> for all the details that's a benefit of patreon right there um, for gold <laughs> all right so um if like i was saying though if you want to get a hold of us and uh email the show we'll read the question on the air give us something to talk about here in the listener segments top rope nation at gmail.com we've got a question this week first one coming in from dalvin he has emailed the show before and he's got one for us here again this one is about mr jim Cornette. oh somebody right. i was gonna bring up in a few minutes Really? There you go. So he says, I have a thought that Jim Cornette is one of the best pro wrestling figures left alive with all his knowledge of the business and what he has in his collection. I know he may rub some the wrong way, What? but what do you three musketeers say? Is he a real gem of pro wrestling? Is he often too critical at times? Dalvin says he finds his criticism to be fair a lot. Or where would you rank him? as a manager overall. So a few questions there. We can go one by one. Uh, I will say Jim Cornette, hell of a pro wrestling collection, as most of you probably know listening. But uh, is he one of the brightest minds in pro wrestling still out there, Kyle? I would not hire him to book my promotion in 2019. But that doesn't mean that his criticisms are bad or wrong. I actually like his credit. A couple, I think I brought it up on the program. Uh, was it post? I think it was post WrestleMania. No, it was pre because the revival had won the tag titles. Um, it was was one of them. He offered a critique of Raw that was very different than a lot of people. It wasn't based on individual storylines. It was a lot on how the show is formatted and would come across to somebody who doesn't watch every week. Um. I was going to talk about Jim in a few moments in my deep dive of the week um, for his announce work that he does on MLW, spoiler alert, uh, which I think is fantastic. I think Jim is just still one of the all-time greats at getting something over. Um, I think he is one of the great minds. I love I he does rub people the wrong way. I think some of you know he gets a little out of hand with his criticism, um, particularly when it comes to the young bucks. But I, I, I when Jim Cornette talks i do listen and um i like him okay justin uh, i enjoy playing racquetball every once in a while <laughs> he is he is a great mind i think you when he talks you got to listen he knows his stuff now he's i don't always agree with him like with the young bucks as kyle mentioned there but uh Obviously, everything he says has a lot of validity, and you got to listen to him. He, he's been around for a long time. Yes, he is a great mind on the pro wrestling business. I would agree. Um, I wouldn't have him booking at everything either in this day and age. He's very old school, but mm -hmm. you know, you can learn a lot from the old school sometimes. And I think there's something to be said for that. You know where he would be great? 
in a quality control role for the booking, mm-hmm. where it's basically like, hey, Jim, this is the show. What do you think? And like, because he points out stuff. He's like, this makes no f- effing sense what mm-hmm. you're doing. And he's right nine times out of 10 when he points that out. Yeah. So I think like from a quality control perspective, he would be great. I wouldn't have him, you know, certainly unfettered, um, but, you know, I wouldn't have him booking, you know, my promotion really in 2019 either. And where do you guys think he ranks as a manager? I mean, for me, I think Jim Cornette's probably one of the top five managers. It's either him or Heenan. Yeah. Top five for sure. So Justin thoughts on that? I mean, it's Heenan and just who I've, I mean, everybody else is a long ways away from that. Yeah. To me, Heenan's the greatest of all time, but then I think Jimmy Hart could make a case. He's up there. Um, Cornette though, really, really good. Always enjoyed him as a manager. There is no better. Well, I guess you could always argue the road warriors, but my favorite tag team act ever of all time was midnight express. Yeah. Okay, our other question. This one comes in on Twitter. You can find us at Top Rope Nation. This one comes in from Chris, and he says, after uh, Double or Nothing, I binge-watched Orange Cassidy on YouTube. Is that process of an indie talent being discovered by viewers and further explored online going to be important for AEW success? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the diehard fan base that they're going after. We talked about this. You don't want to. It's it's much better for them to find diamonds in the rough than be a WWE retread promotion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, apparently, the original plan for uh, and this was when <clears throat> Pac was going to be involved uh, on Double or Nothing. I guess the original plan to crown their first world champion was going to be a Jericho Moxley match. I would not have been very high on that. You know, two ex-WWE guys going for the gold in, in, in the first match. I like what they're doing with Hangman Page and Jericho, but yeah, like Kyle said, it can't be a WWE light promotion. It's got to be discovering guys, whether it's through YouTube or Twitter videos or Instagram or whatever. So I do think that is going to be a huge key to their success is, is sending people down that rabbit hole to uh, learn more about these people that they maybe haven't heard of, but they see them on TV and uh, they gain an interest, interest for them. By the way, latest word, this is courtesy of The Observer, is going to be Tuesday or Wednesday nights for AEW. Uh, right now, it seems like Wednesday night is uh, is winning, but they haven't announced it for sure. We've talked about this on the show before. Tuesday is going to it's going to cause some issues with NBA scheduling, especially in the spring. I don't think uh, TNT, I don't think ever has the NBA on Wednesdays. I think it's the one night they don't have it. Yeah. So Wednesday is the more is the most friendly night for them scheduling wise, where they wouldn't have to be moved around as much. Except for the playoffs. Yeah. That'll always that's that's gonna be an issue. But uh I think it's in the spring they have the Tuesday night games. So uh weekly. So that could be an issue. But uh it looks like it's gonna be Tuesday or Wednesday, and Wednesday's leading the charge, but no announcements yet. They're gonna have to announce something pretty soon though, because uh I think the international TV deals are kind of waiting on that. So we shall see. Uh Justin, input on uh this AEW question here and sending people down the rabbit hole on YouTube. I think that's one of the greatest things about professional wrestling is going down those deep dives and discovering something new yeah absolutely all right speaking of deep dives 
Kyle. Yeah. I think it is time for the I Love the Sport Deep Dive of the Week with Mr. Kyle Ross. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, we had a listener email, and I apologize that I forgot that person's name who sent it in. Uh, please keep listening, whomever you are. But they brought up MLW. And, you know, I had talked about earlier the show that I thought that non-main roster WWE TV last week, including 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, all very good shows. So there's still good wrestling out there in the present day. Um, gave MLW a try. Uh, not, I shouldn't say a try, but I made sure to watch it based on word of mouth and recommendations I've been reading. The new episode of Fusion uh, led off this week with Flamita versus Ray Oris. It is a very good match with Jim Cornette on commentary, uh, bringing it all together. I did not think it was as good as the Laredo Kid, El Eo del Vikingo uh, match that drew so much praise down in AAA, but it's still very good. So I would give Flamita Ray Oris a chance. Uh, when you do, you can just go to MLW's YouTube channel and watch it. It is the opener. And I'd watch the whole show. I thought the show was a, a pretty good hour. Yeah, I've caught MLW on YouTube uh, here and there. It is a very well put together show. And uh, I, I guess just out of like time and having the time to watch it, it's, it's hard to set that aside. But every time I've watched it, I, I've really enjoyed it. I think I'll check out this match for sure since you're recommending it here and this week. It, like I said, it's not as good as Laredo Kid versus El Hijo de Vikingo, which I had just, um, I think I sent you guys that, like, in the I DM that, like, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully it's still up there. You can get that free version. Unfortunately, that version I sent you, I think, has the English commentary. Meltzer was very adamant that you listen to Hugo Savinovich. Um, but it, it was good. I mean, it, it, it was a good match. And I think MLW, if there is one issue, is this day and age where there's so many high-end matches, I don't know if they have enough high-end true but they do have the new heart foundation so yes there's a reason to watch all right nice we'll check it out if you guys watch it and you have thoughts let us know at top rope nation or uh top rope nation at gmail.com so uh that's pretty much the agenda this week guys i don't really have anything else anything Whoa. else for the good of the cause no this was a jam-packed show i i didn't think we were going this uh deep this week yeah well we will see what happens Sunday night at uh, WWE Stomping Grounds. We'll be back with the uh, post-show exclusively on Patreon, like I said at the top of the show. Like Join that. the page before June 30th. Get your free shirt for just 5 bucks. Why not? Hell of a my, deal. My God, everybody on my Twitter feed is watching the Fantastics and the Sheep Herders. I have to leave right now. <laughs> Got to go watch the network. Yeah, check that out as well. That's a, That's your secondary deep dive of the week, listeners, to check out. So... Any other closing sh shots here? Justin, how's the draft going? Somebody draft Bull Bull, for the love of God. <laughs> Shocked it wasn't the Chicago Bulls at number seven. Too high? He's still out there. We're, not, we're in the second round. I mean, not not too high for uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson. You never know, man. <laughs> Have the Bulls drafted in the second round yet? Are they up to pick 38? Yeah, they just drafted some center I've never heard of. Yeah, okay. Shocking. Can I, make, can, I, can I make a non-wrestling comment? Yes, yes, program? go ahead. Laura Ingram is shitty. Oh, Laura Ingram's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I, I agree. Look it up if you want to know why I would say that. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow him on Twitter. That's Kyle Ross, at TRP Kyle. I like a lot of tweets that make fun of people like Laura Ingram on there. <laughs> you like tweets way more than you actually tweet. In fact, when I uh, stalk your page, I usually go to your like tweets 
section just to see what you've been liking. Yeah, you know, my, you know, I, I like to acknowledge a good take in 2019. I know I get goosebumps whenever you like one of my tweets, Kyle. So I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow, follow Justin at Justin Joint. That's J O Y N T. And uh, I changed my Twitter handle this week. You can follow me. It's very simple at Ryan Drosty. That is D R O S T E. So find that as well. And uh, the show is at Top Rope Nation. Justin, do you have I- Ironically, historical Ryan is history. Yeah. It, well, actually, I, I registered a, another account historical Ryan. So anyone that listens to our old shows, if they go to that page, they can find the new one. So there you go. Uh, all about continuity. WWE could learn a thing or two from that, right? But uh, no, we're also on Instagram at Top Rope Nation. We're on Facebook. Check us out there. And of course, YouTube, subscribe, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. Thanks to Derek Chappelle, Kyle Ryan, Tim Jensen, Forrest Pierce, Sean Skelton, Gabe C., and Carlo. Enjoy WWE Stomping Grounds. Check you guys out next week. Have a I good just like two of your tweets. Thank you very much. <laughs> I haven't got the alert yet. Oh, there it is. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate that. You liked my tweet about the uh, Crockett Cup. I thought that was going to be coming hours ago, but I'll take it now. I didn't see it. I apologize. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Peace.